every once in a while, you play one good period out of three, and it ends up being enough. For the Jets against the Chicago Blackhawks, one of the worst teams in the NHL, the Jets found ways past uh, Chicago with only one good period in which they scored three goals and basically coasted the rest of the game. It wasn't perfect, it wasn't pretty, but the Jets got two big points in their return to NHL hockey after many days off. We'll dive into this game and some fun trade market stuff on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, Winnipeg Jets fans, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more and visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Now, like I said at the top of the episode, you know, this was a game for the Jets against the Chicago Blackhawks after many days off uh, from the All-Star break. Winnipeg's break has actually been... Uh, I would say relatively longer than a lot of teams in the NHL, just because up until the break, Winnipeg had played, I don't know, two to three games more than most of the other squads out there. Uh, quite a few days off, only uh, almost two weeks, just about. Winnipeg had a nice long rest, I guess, and certainly uh, a couple of Jets going to the All-Star game. You know, Morrissey, hell of a buck enjoying the, what was it, in Florida, I want to say, uh, the Floridian Sun, so... Lots of really good uh, weather down there, I hope, and, and certainly some rest and recuperation for the rest of the Jets who have been, quite frankly, pretty banged up this year. I think if any squad could really benefit from some time off, it was probably the Jets. But when you come back, right, you're expecting the Jets to look a little bit rusty. And unsurprisingly, Winnipeg in this game kind of came out of the g- gates looking pretty slow. Winnipeg just didn't have that 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 top gear it looked like Chicago was generally pressuring Winnipeg into more turnovers, uh, more careless mistakes, and Hellebuck had to be really sharp, especially with some early Chicago power play opportunities that, quite frankly, could have put Winnipeg behind the eight ball. But thankfully, you know, Hellebuck, I don't know if the All-Star game necessarily kept him, uh, you know, in form or whatever, but he seemed like his tracking and stuff was as good as ever. He was making all of the stops you'd expect him to make, plus a few extra really nice ones. And overall, he was just a bit of a stone wall against the Hawks team that wasn't, you know, super impressive in this game, but certainly was better than, you know, some of the other outings in which Winnipeg would just kind of dominate from start to finish, right? So yeah, not the cleanest first period. Then the second period hit and, you know, it, it kind of started a little bit similarly to the first period, but Josh Morrissey decided he'd had enough, kind of cut inside from the left faceoff circle, just sort of dragged a couple of defenders with him. There was a mass of bodies in front of Pieter Muratic, and uh, Morrissey sort of backhanded one that I don't think you'd normally expect to go in, but this one, I think Muratic was just really screened and couldn't even see it. 
beats him, puts the Jets up one nothing, and then not long after that, uh, the Jets get a bit of a fortunate opportunity where they get you know four minutes of power play time on top of uh, an already existing minor. So the Jets had about a minute and a half of five on three time. The four minute call, I will say, was a little bit controversial to put it lightly. Nate Schmidt took a high stick, uh, and and to be honest, it just wasn't really a penalty because it kind of was more of a follow through. I know that because the shot itself was sort of flubbed, I think you would say from the video review perspective, it wasn't clear and obvious to overturn it, but I don't know. To me, it was a follow through. I don't think it should have been a four minute double minor. Um, It should have not been a penalty at all, but the Jets benefited. And even though they didn't score on the five on three, Blake Wheeler tipped one home just afterwards to make it two nothing for the Jets. And after that, Winnipeg really started to roar to life. Winnipeg's puck cycling got better. They were faster, more aggressive. Suddenly, Chicago looked like it was uh, on the back heel. The second line with uh, Dubois and Perfetti generated a lot of zone time. And then not long after that, a uh, a bit of a fortunate, I guess, missed pass or something from Ehlers to Pionk, then set up Wheeler. Wheeler feeds a great pass back towards the center of the ice where Shifley shoots from distance, beats Morazic cleanly. And just like that, the three, you know, the three nothing lead for the Jets pops up. Winnipeg is kind of in control of this game and looking to cruise uh, quietly. But, you know, despite that second period, the Jets then kind of let the third period sort of get the better of them. I think Winnipeg again took the foot off the gas, looked a lot like the first period. And Tyler Johnson punished Winnipeg uh, early in in the third with some, you know, careless defensive coverages, some lackluster play, and the Jets just not really pressuring all that much. Uh, Hellebuck had to be really sharp once again, which was a little bit frustrating, but, you know, sometimes, like I said, you only play one good period out of three, and it's enough against a really weak opponent. Against teams like Colorado, Minnesota, uh, some of these other stronger squads that the Jets are likely to face here over the next few weeks, I think Winnipeg really is going to want to clean that up. You just can't really allow yourself to get into some bad habits. And I would appreciate if Bones would be a little bit more trusting of players like Perfetti, especially late in games. I think Cole defensively is actually a lot better than uh, what Bones thinks and certainly better than what some of the players he relies on get offers. So, you know, don't don't be afraid to run your younger players out there. Some of them have some surprising defensive qualities. Cole is great at puck retrievals. He grinds along the walls a lot more than you would expect. Uh, and while his puck man- management isn't always amazing, it's probably still better than some of the guys like Sakumana Linen and, you know, the usual uh, bunch. But overall, I mean, a big two points. Can't really complain about the victory. Uh, certainly a nice soft return to action after so many weeks off. And now the Jets are going to hopefully kick off what should be a very eventful next few weeks. Now, speaking of uh, eventful there is a trade that appears to be underway. We don't quite know to it, uh, who is receiving this player quite yet, but we'll dive into what the market implications are and why the Jets were maybe thinking about this deal too in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 from Athletic Greens because I was looking for a boost for my immune system. We know right now that a lot of uh, viruses and bacteria are flying about. It's a really tough time on our immune systems, and you need something that's safe, convenient, and good for you to give you that extra layer of protection. 
And if you're wondering what AG1 is, well, it gives you all of that with just one delicious scoop. You get to absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you're doing keto, uh, paleo, vegan, gluten-free, or dairy-free dietary restrictions. It contains no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial uh, flavorings and things that you'd have to be worried about, and it contains less than one gram of sugar. But, you know, just don't take my word for it. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews, and they are recommended by professional athletes, trainers, and all sorts of folks who are really invested in their health, which means you should probably invest in your own health, too. And best of all, investing in your own health can cost you less than $3 a day, which is a lot cheaper than those cold brews you might be worried about. So... If you are ready to get started, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Right now, Athletic Greens is going to make it easy for you to by giving you a, a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us again. We are talking, of course, about Winnipeg's win over the Chicago Blackhawks, a big 4-1 uh, to victory after, you know, a bit of a sleepy start, a, a good period in the second in which the Jets dominated, and then the, the final period where Winnipeg very much let off the gas, but, you know, had a nice empty net goal from Blake Wheeler to sort of cap off uh, a good 20 minutes out of 60, but enough against a team that was a bottom feeder. Now, while that was ongoing, uh, there have been a lot of rumors about Jakob Chikrin, who just got scratched for the Arizona Coyotes. And Chikrin, of course, has been the subject of a lot of trade discussion. Why? Because he's one of the top offensive blue liners out there, uh, a great guy who would easily slot into just about any team's either first or second pairing. He signed on a very team-friendly deal, which I believe has two to three years left uh, at around five or five and a half million really team-friendly, a, a very good value contract for what you're getting. He's got a great shot. His passing is excellent. Um, his skating and transition game is strong. And defensively, he's not half bad. So you're getting a really well-rounded attacking blue liner, somebody with a lot of natural offensive instincts. And he was actually a player that, you know, at one point I was kind of wondering if the Jets might be in on him. I, I think Chikrin would have been a great fit for Winnipeg, but obviously, you know, we have Pionk and a number of other players who currently occupy that spot and I don't know if Winnipeg uh, was really looking to either exchange one of those guys for Chikrin uh, plus the kind of package that it would take to land Jakob it would basically take them out of the Timo Meyer race so you know in some ways it does suck that we're not going to be able to really be in on Jakob I, I think he would have been a great boost for this team but by the same token you know the real value that you want is coming from up front and I think in that respect, the Jets have much bigger needs to address before they look at the back end. You know, make no mistake, the Jets defense, it's not the world's best, but it's more than decent enough if you can shelter Pionk and make use of the rest of the players. I mean, even Logan Stanley with Nate Schmidt was pretty solid this evening, so nothing to really worry about there. Generally speaking, I think that the biggest concern is um, just finding a way to make Pionk usable again and getting yourself some help up front. So, Chikrin, you know, a lot of teams probably would still be interested in him. I, I think that there were any number of squads that are kind of in that middle tier of, of contender, maybe a squad that's uh, really needing some defensive depth, but doesn't exactly have, you know, 
I would say the most potent attacking core, someone who is, you know, not necessarily, not necessarily like a top true contender, but a team that feels relatively closer. And that's why it seems like the LA Kings are the team where uh, they have the, the most futures and assets to really offer. And it sounds like Toronto and Edmonton were both out on Chikrin. Toronto being out's a little bit interesting just because I think the Leafs at this stage, right? I don't even know how you take that team to the next level. They've always been really, really good in the regular season. But I think that last piece that they're, they're trying to find, I don't know what it is for them. Maybe it's Timo Meyer. I don't even think they could fit his cap hit, honestly, without moving out some salary. So uh, for, for them, I think it would be a pure rental anyways. And I think there are other teams that could probably acquire Timo and make the cap hit work a little bit better than what you're seeing with the Leafs. As far as Trickwin is concerned, I think he would have been a really good fit there. But again, I don't know how you would fit that without dealing with some salary movement first. Uh, for the Oilers, I think they're probably a team that has some assets to work with. I don't know that they have a ton. I think a lot of the the assets that they've spent over the years and, and a lot of the deals that they've made, they haven't really given themselves very much cap flexibility. They have a defensive core that's really expensive and not very good at defending or you know doing enough to support the forward core as well. So yeah, I mean, they were in on Joel Edmondson, it sounds like. If they traded for Logan Stanley, I also would not be shocked. I bet you the Jets could get a really good return for Stanley if they were to send him there because um, he's really cheap, relatively speaking. And he still kind of gives you the same stuff that Joel Edmondson does, but at a much lower cap hit. Uh, and I think Stanley would probably do decently enough for them on a team that, quite frankly, wouldn't even be concerned about his defense anyways. The main thing that they would probably want is for him to shoot that puck a lot, make a few big hits, and that's kind of it. So, yeah, I, I think for L.A., Chikrin will be a great fit. You know, their blue line is not exactly outstanding. They have tons of picks and kind of mid-tier prospects that they could easily package up and, and send to Arizona. And even if it included, like, an A-tier prospect or two, you know, uh, the, the Kings are not really too concerned. I mean, this is a team that has for many years tanked and continually built up a very good supply of prospects. So shipping out a few in exchange for an elite attacking defender, certainly not something that I think the Kings are going to stress too much over. So seems like that is his destination, certainly not Anaheim or, or the Sharks. The only other team I would maybe think about is is Seattle, but I don't really know how that would work because I don't think that they have a ton of great assets and I don't think that they have um, a ton of cap space to work with, but maybe they sent out Shane Wright for him. I don't know. Wright seemingly has been on the outs for a little bit, so we'll see if that kind of figures into whatever they do in terms of their uh, trade packages. But for the time being, we will keep you updated, especially as it pertains to uh, Winnipeg's trade market as well. The Jets are definitely looking to make some big moves, and hopefully over the next few weeks, we finally get a little more clarity on the Timo Meyer situation. Closing us out, though, for tonight's episode, just wanted to kind of talk about the rest of the season and sort of where I think Winnipeg might finish. It's been a really good run so far, and with a few smart acquisitions, the Jets might be primed to potentially win the West. We'll dive into that in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I wanted to shout out one of our other wonderful partners that I mentioned at the top of the episode, and that is FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sports back, uh, Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. 
You can bet on everything from money line to point scorers and threes drained. I think obviously this year it is uh, very big for the NBA to have some really big competitive games. I mean, we've got LeBron uh, finally setting the scoring record. You've got a lot of teams that are certainly competitive, but maybe uh, in the back, I, I would say the, the latter stages of their dynasty, we've seen the Warriors really decline. We've seen some surprising risers in teams like, you know, the the Heat and Nets certainly trying to build up build it back up um, on the Eastern side, but you know, the Celtics continue to dominate. I think that's a team that's very safe to bet on. Maybe not the best return though. Right. So you're always looking for those secret teams, some squads that maybe have some potential to really surprise later on. Maybe it's going to be the Suns or Clippers this year. You never know, but either way, as always, uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook app is super safe, and it even lets you combine your bets for a chance for a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your nose wet first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook uh, betting partner of the NBA. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Lockdown Winnipeg Jets, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are just wrapping up real quick with some thoughts on where I think the Jets might end up in a few weeks, or or I, I should say more like a few months. Obviously, the regular season is actually starting to draw to a close. We've got, you know, around 30 or so games left, a little bit less than that now, thanks to this final game against uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. It's nice that Winnipeg is sort of entering the latter stages, 29 games to go in the race for the West. And I think the Jets are really poised to take this year's title. Uh, the Stars are definitely the top team in in the Western Conference. Uh, they have been that for, for many, many weeks now. We've seen just how hard it is to beat them. And they continue to dominate opponents uh, with some great contributions from players like Jason Robertson, maybe even some stuff from Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan still being pretty decent, Rope Hunt, Rope Hints. Um, a lot of really good players on that team, uh, a really nice, well-rounded offense, and it seems like they've taken very, very nicely to Peter DeBoer's instructions. But I still feel like the Jets are within touching distance, especially if they make a couple of major acquisitions. You know, I think Timo Meyer would really change Winnipeg's fortunes, and he'd be probably arriving in a time in which the Jets, quite frankly, could push for the Western title. It's been a while since we've talked about the Jets remotely being a team good enough to not only win the Central, but win the West. Thanks to the Pacific really uh, slowing down this year, though, with the Knights finally seeing you know a few of their players going down and some struggles in net thanks to injuries and stuff, it's left the Central pretty wide open for the Jets to uh, actually push not only to, towards the top of the Central, but also the top of the West. And so I feel like if ever there was a year for the Jets to actually win the S, like win the West outright, this is it. You know, they're not as good as they were in 2017, 2018. This team is not really close to that level, but it's still pretty good as it is. And with the West in general just being on the weaker side, I think Winnipeg really has a great shot at doing something we never really expected. Uh, I know I certainly wasn't figuring the Jets to be this uh, well-rounded and decent this year. And some of it, you know, you could argue is is really hellebuck driven. Some of it's driven by the shooting talent in the top six. But I still feel like there's improvements in enough areas to legitimately give bonus credit. And I, th- and I think the biggest thing right now is, you know, he just motivated the team to play more to themselves. And Josh Morrissey's having a breakout year. Shifley has generally looked pretty refreshed. Uh, I think that goes a long way towards getting this team back on track. And we know that, you know, with the 
the West being on the, the weaker side this year, it just feels like this could be Winnipeg's season to remember. So let's hope that at the end of this, not only do the Jets win the West and the Central, but they end up putting themselves in a really good position to win the Cup. I think this team still has a lot to prove in terms of you know being good enough to go that route. I, I think you start to face those Eastern Conference teams and you see, yeah, the Jets are going to have a really tough time if they actually make it to the Cup Finals and face one of those Bostons or Carolinas. Any of those teams, I think, would give a Jet, you know, give the Jets uh, a, a really big run for their money. But maybe this is Winnipeg's time to really step up and show us what they're made of. So let's hope for the next 29 games to be really fruitful for the Jets. They've gotten really far already. Now it's just kind of closing it out and seeing it through to potentially win not only the, the Central Division, but the West, and add a few more ban- banners to hang up in uh, Canada Life Center. But let me know where you think the Jets will finish. Do you think it's going to be second, first, or even somehow lower in the West? Drop your comments below in the in the section comment section for YouTube or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day. We will see you folks later uh, on Tuesday with a preview of that game and give you some thoughts on any updates on the trade market as we hear them. But for tonight's episode, like I said, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for listening and making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day. We will see you back here tomorrow. Have a great one, and go Jets go.